Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speaking for Him podcast. My name is Andrew Gomison, of course, your host, and I'm very grateful to be with you today. Also grateful to let you know that I am recording for the first episode on my Roadcaster Pro podcast studio. And with this acquisition and the fact that it is so intuitive and I've been able to learn it pretty easily, I can make the official announcement that I will be um, keeping the podcast home uh, from now on. I will no longer be returning to the studios of WJQ for my podcast. And so with that being said, I need to say a profound Thank you to Brad Lanzer and Lanzer Entertainment and all of the people involved in making my show a reality. Adam McNutt, Chad Cashman, and Daniel Van Zalen, um, just to name three. And I am so excited to continue to bring you a high-quality podcast from my home and to hopefully even ratchet up the quality with some of the things I'm able to do uh, with this Roadcaster Pro. I've heard great things from friends of mine that I respect, as well as online reviews, so the future looks bright. And I, I think that's kind of an exciting thing, too, because when I was sent home from work on March 13th, along with basically every other educator in West Michigan, things looked really bleak. Um, my initial thought was, um, not only will I not be able to work, but I won't be able to podcast. I'll have to put the podcast on hiatus, and I'm super glad I didn't because three weeks turned into the rest of the school year, um, and I still have not made official contact with the studio and been told that I could reach, resume operations there. So I'm super glad that I was able to uh, get the courage to learn things on YouTube about editing and uh, about doing um, podcasting from home. But then also that I was able to discover the Roadcaster, which will ratchet things up and basically give me a professional studio experience right here in my home studio. So very grateful for that and grateful uh, for the opportunities that lie ahead. Um, I want to say... A very quick thank you to everyone that's been involved in the Pilgrim's Progress uh, multi-voice reading project, especially to Craig Apel and Alex uh, Jacobson, because they have been at every session. They are my narrator and my uh, Christian um, in the show, and so they are required to be at every single reading, and they have been faithful um, and they've been, they've really been top notch professional about it. And Alex particularly has even gone above and beyond on some of his research and the way that he approaches this job. So very thankful for him. And, uh, just, I'm very excited to share those episodes with you in the fall. And then I just wanted to say, a. a Another word about as we're returning um, to our new normal or adjusting to our new normal, uh, I know there's a lot of challenges out there um, with the way that COVID continues to affect things. I think the latest thing that people are really starting to talk about more is school. I've seen a lot more discussion online uh, this week 
in particular about uh, whether to send your kids to school. Um, there's been an uptick in the number of people in the homeschool Facebook group that I'm a part of, people asking information about homeschooling and how it's done. And I really think that God could bring some blessings out of that too because even though it might be uncomfortable for certain people to homeschool, uh, it definitely does foster unity. I mean, I learned one of the things I learned through homeschooling was that my brothers, uh, regardless of age, my brothers and sisters, regardless of age, were my most important friends and that no outside friends should come between us. And I can't say that that's 100% been true, but it's definitely been a good thing to reflect on and to realize that um, siblings are friends for life, so I need to make sure that I have good relationships with them as much as lies with me. So I, I'm really excited to see how, how God works. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that God works all things together for good. It doesn't say all things are good, but it says that God works all things together for good. So we can trust that that is a reality, and I hope that you will find God faithful in whatever you decide to do. And I think one of the things that I really like is there was a a meme that I saw recently and it said um you need we need to practice um allowing people to make their own decisions and being comfortable with that because a lot of times we like to stick our oar in and what this meme said was you're sending your kid back to to regular school it must have been really hard to make that decision you're sending your kids uh, you're having your kids do online distance learning. That must have been a really hard decision. And then you're homeschooling your kids. That must have been a really hard decision. Basically saying that these decisions, when it comes to the education of our kids, are never easy. And um, we should respect those uh, who make the, those decisions on whatever decision they make. And I really thought that was good. As we move forward in this unprecedented time, I think it's important for us to again remember what is consistent, and that is the character and person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And last week we talked about um, the first part of our of our uh, I am statements of Christ, and last week we covered four of them. Uh, this week we will cover four more. Uh, But before we dig into that discussion, I want to share with you our quote of the day. Now, today's quote of the day comes from Exodus, and it is really the first time that the I Am name is used. And really, this is the significance of this is that when Jesus uses the name I Am, he is claiming deity. And um, so it's very important for us, I think, to see, have this quote as a foundational thing to our um, discussion. And it says in Exodus 3.14, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am hath sent me to you. And so Moses is in a situation with this quote of the day where he is on the back of a desert 
Um, Moses' life is really interesting because he spent 40 years um, as the prince of Egypt, as the, the son of a pharaoh, um, because, his, because the pharaoh's daughter adopted him. And then he spent 40 years on the back of a desert as a shepherd. Um, and so the last thing he probably thinks is that God's going to call him and give him a special task. But lo and behold, when he's 80 years old, there's a bush on the mountain, on Mount Sinai, that won't burn up. And he turns aside to see the bush, and God speaks to him there. And through the course of that discussion, God says, I've heard the cry of my people Israel, and I want you, Moses, to go and deliver them. And when Moses says, well, what if they don't believe me? Who do I say has sent me? Because he's like, I want to go with authority. I don't want them to just think, well, you just have this crazy idea. Um, Because interestingly enough, we get an illusion in the book of Acts that when he was young, he had a thought of delivering his people. But God decided that he wasn't ready at that point. I would encourage you to look back at Acts chapter 7. I'm not going to, to go back and read that right now. But Acts chapter 7 paints a picture of a young Moses who has this idea of delivering his people, but the time is not right. God has some growing for Moses to do. And so he brings it back around to when he's 80. And it's kind of interesting that God chose to do that. But but when Moses says, who do I say sent me? Um, God simply says, I am. He says, I am has sent me to you. And that to me, that's very a very significant uh, thing um, because as we said last week, uh, the significance of God um, for us is to believe that he is because everything that's good, he is. And so as we reflect on these um, next four I am statements, um, I would encourage you to just think about that. When you're thinking about the trials of life and the things that you need to go through and the things that you need to um, face, the tests that you need to face, remember that God is all-sufficient to meet your needs in all of those areas. Um, The Bible says he gives us all things richly to enjoy. um, And Paul said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So let's dig in to this discussion topic of the next four I am statements of Christ. And the first one today is I am the good shepherd. Jesus said in John chapter 10, 11 to 14, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Okay, first of all, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I give my life for the sheep. And if you know anything about shepherds, that's really the job. They need to defend their their flock from any sort of intrusion uh, from the outside world. Uh, David, when he w- went to fight Goliath, he told the king, King Saul, that he had he had fought off a lion and a bear from the flock when he 
when he led his father's flock. So he had preparation for defending the people of Israel against Goliath. And I really do believe that Moses' preparation as a shepherd led him to be prepared to lead the million-plus Israelites out of the land of Egypt. But Jesus um, is saying here that he is the good shepherd and he's going to give his life for the sheep, Um, obviously pointing to the fact that he would die on the cross. And he actually mentioned to the disciples three times at least, that he would die on the cross, that he would give himself for them, but they missed the memo a lot of the time. And they didn't realize until actually after he rose from the dead, they remembered what he had said. And then they would later write it down, but they were pretty dense. And I think it's important for us to realize that apart from the Spirit of God, we would also be that way. Um, The Bible says no one seeks after God. So the very fact that we are seeking God today is a mercy of His, um, which is hard to comprehend, but is nonetheless true and to me makes my salvation all that much more sweeter. And then he says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. So if Jesus is your shepherd, it's a mutual two-way street. We know him, he knows us. It's a it's a very blessed thing. The second one is I am the way, the truth and the life. So that's John 14:6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Um, The disciples were very concerned about Jesus leaving them, and they said, We don't know how, we don't know the way to follow you to the Father. And Jesus says, I am the way. Um, And no man comes to the Father but by me. And you know, Christians today, we get accused of being narrow minded. But we're not, it's not something that we chose. We didn't say, well, we're only going to let the cool people into our club. Um, this was Jesus saying that he is the only way. And actually, it's not the cool people. Jesus didn't choose the people that you would think that he would choose when he was making his band of disciples. Most of them were fishermen. He chose a tax collector. Um, most of these people, if not all of them, uh, were were chosen in direct contradiction to what you would choose as a successful um, group of of followers in most cases. For instance, I saw a sermon illustration that was basically um, a a career assessment of all of the disciples and their ability as a follower or as a company asset. And it's significant that that the one that was would have been considered on paper the biggest asset to Jesus' ministry was probably Judas Iscariot, who would later betray him. Um, because the things that we count as success in 
our modern economy are not counted as success in God's economy. And so it's very important for us to make sure that we have God's mind on these things, that we seek him and that we choose discernment. All right. So the third one for today is I am the true vine. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. John fifteen one to five, and this is so important because you know we think that sometimes we get to this place where we think that we're pretty cool. We think that we have it all together. We think we can do it all, and God says actually to us, uh, you can't do it on your own. You need me. As a matter of fact, the contrast couldn't be more sharp. Because Jesus said in this passage, without me you can do nothing. And then Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that was Philippians 4.13. So you have two choices either being able to do all things or being able to do nothing. And I think I would rather be able to do all things when it comes right down to it. All right. Well, the next one, or the final one that I want to share, as I said before, is not typically um, included in this list of the I Am Statements of Christ. But I think it's important as well. And it says in John eighteen four to 6 Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto, unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. And as soon as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. And I really like this um, passage because you read in John chapter 10, Jesus said, No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. And I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. So Jesus basically is saying in that passage in John 10, I have the power over this whole situation. And then you uh, you read John 18, this passage in John 18, 4-6, where he's basically affirming that because he says, um, and he says, who are you seeking? They say, Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am he. Now in a lot of our Bibles, the he is italicized. So the idea there uh, in the original language is that he simply said the words, I am. And then they fell backwards, you know, and very similar to an Exodus where, where um, uh, Moses was scared um, to be in front of uh, the burning bush, or at least um, God got to him and said, take off your sandals because you're on holy ground. That was the great I am speaking through the bush and giving him the power and authority to go in and relieve the Israelites of their bondage with the Lord's help, of course. And so, this same I am that delivered the people of Israel from bondage in Egypt is here 
saying, I am. And when he said, I am, the people felt backward. They didn't take Jesus and arrest him because they had the power to do it. They took Jesus and arrested him because he gave up his power and was willing that they should um, take it. And I also wanted to mention one that isn't um, isn't necessarily considered an I am statement of Christ um, either, but it is simply as a bonus. Uh, in John chapter 8, verse 58, uh, Jesus has been arguing with the religious leaders and and um, he talks about how Abraham rejoiced to see his day and was glad. So Abraham was anticipating the coming of the Lord and they said, how in the world do you know Abraham? You're not even 50 years old. And Abraham was our forefather. He was dead long before you were born. How could you know? And Jesus makes this statement, before Abraham was, I am. And so I want to challenge you. If anybody ever tells you or says, uh, you know, God, Jesus never claimed to be God. I want you to be able to point them to, especially the last two passages, but all of these I am statements. And just challenge them. If he's not claiming to be God here, then what is the point of these passages? And the overall point of these passages, and, and Lord willing, we'll, we'll dig in even deeper um, and take a, a microscope to some of these or all of these um, as we go forward. But the point of these things, the point of him being the bread of life, the point of him being the way, the point of him being the vine, all those things are areas of sustenance for us. There are ways that we live an abundant life. You know, a lot of people today are disenfranchised. They think that America is an awful nation. They think that all we are is a bunch of racist people who don't care about others. But the people, the majority of people that think that don't even have any idea what the true source of love is and forgiveness, and help is. You see, apart from God, and apart from Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we don't have any ability to love. Um, the world has its definition of love. The world tries to love. Um, but true love comes from God. The Bible says that everyone that loveth is born of God, for God is love. And so I think that the biggest thing that needs to happen for us is we need to take an honest look about to take an honest look at what real love is. And if we embrace Jesus and we embrace real love then we'll see a change in our world. But when you get away from a moral standard, 
when you say that anything counts as love, then you're asking for the exact confusion that we have as a culture today. So I want to encourage you to seek to love as God loves, to look at the definition of love according to what God says. Because a lot of times we we think that love is just affirming people in their lifestyle. But the Bible says in Proverbs that faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. That means that true love means telling people when they're wrong. Why did Jesus say, I am the way? Because he knew that if you didn't go his way, you'd end up in hell. There's only two places to go, either heaven or hell. So the significance of I am the way is that if you want to go to heaven, if you want to have a relationship with God, if you want to uh, have a presence and an ability to stand before the Father, you need to go through the Son. And seeing the children of Israel were oppressed for 400 years. They cried unto God. And yet, when they when Moses came, they struggled to understand that he was there to deliver them. And then shortly after he delivered them from Egypt, just a couple weeks in, they were like, well, at least in Egypt we had food. Let's get a posse and go back. Because that's the way humankind is. We are very fickle. But thankfully, we serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And His Son, Jesus Christ, who is 100% God and 100% man, gives us the opportunity to have a relationship with the creator of the universe and to have an eternity in heaven. And it doesn't get any better than that. If you are a believer, these I am statements that we've discussed today have great power in your life. They have the ability to change your life. They can only change your life if you surrender it to Jesus. So my encouragement to you is to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. To call upon him, to ask him to save you. When Paul was talking to the Philippian jailer after the earthquake and everybody's cells were open and the jailer said, What must I do to be saved? After Paul said, we're all here, nobody escaped. The jailer said, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It's that simple, but it also will be a cost. There's a cost to discipleship. There's a cost to following the Lord. People aren't going to be happy with you. We live in a society that calls good evil and evil good. 
We live in a society that for three months said that abortion was essential health care, so it had to be available during every point of this crisis. But other non-essential things like hip replacements and even to some degree um, uh, more serious procedures were deemed not essential. So where does that leave us? It leaves us with Jesus being our only hope. And as we think about these I am statements, not just today, but over the last couple of weeks, I hope that it fills us, I know it fills me with hope for what God can do and is actively doing in our lives as we speak. He is always at work. Benjamin Franklin said it this way during the founding of our country. He said, I know that God governs in the affairs of men. That's about all I have to share with you this week. I just wanted to ask you to do two things as we end. First of all, if you found this podcast encouraging, could you share it with your family and friends? And secondly, uh, if you have any feedback on this episode and you'd like to share it with me, please contact me with the information that's about to roll at the end of the show. And when you contact me, not only can you give me your opinion on this week's episode, but you can give me ideas for future episodes, as well as let me know if you would like to come on the show to give your testimony or to discuss a certain topic that is important to you that you think would help us all on this journey that we call the Christian life. With that being said... Have a great weekend, and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 